You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Jason Rogers, founder of Yabai. Jason, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So what exactly is uh, Yabai? It's, it's a chew high. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a Japanese drink. Um, it's, it's been around since 1984. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's basically a bit of spirit, a bunch of sparkling water, and like fruit juice or flavoring. Um, basically, a precursor to um, hard seltzer. Like they figured this out forty years ago. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's exactly the vibe I got when I tried it. And thank you for sending the product over. It's so light and refreshing. It reminded me yeah. a lot of like a spritz, like an Italian spritz or something like that. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you so like tell it. me more about yeah. Was well, I'm a huge yuzu fan, so you had me at okay. yuzu. Like anything yuzu, I am on board for. Um, and then I also love the packaging. I th- thought it was really, really bright and fun and playful. And the fact that you can take it and it's alcoholic, and you can take it with you, you know, while you're yeah. traveling. Although no one's doing that right now, I thought was a really great um, format for the beverage as well. Yeah, you could even give it to a cop, and and they wouldn't know there's alcohol in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's five percent alcohol. Is that what it uh, the, yeah. comes out to be? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, right. it's just you, like a sparkling seltzer. Yeah. Seltzer. But you know, for me, like the 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 malt liquor, you know, uh, hard seltzers just have a weird aftertaste to me. Totally. Yeah. Like I can't fully get on board with them, um, and so you know, the, even though we thought about this, you know, well before hard seltzer hit, so really. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Been working on this since 2017. Yeah. And what is your background that you decided to launch a beverage brand? Um. So when I was a kiddo, uh, I was a professional skateboarder. Um, cool. So we would, you know, tour around. We'd go to Japan. Um, we'd go all over the place, and you know, and then years after that, I started skateboard companies. So I had like team riders and kids turning pro and, you know, we were distributed in maybe 40 countries at one point. Um, And then after that, kind of was like, oh, what should we do? And we were just kind of skateboarding, you know, even though I'm an older folk, I still skateboard. (laughs) Um, You know, and me and my buddy were like, you know, we, we would skate and he trades uh, the Nikkei exchange, which is a Japanese stock exchange. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we skate this curb and then we'd go to uh, this place called Hinano's in Venice Beach to get beers after. And we would chat about like market moves just just for fun. Like I have no money like that to really make an impact. 
Uh, but it's time we kind of joke around and be like this, that, or the other thing. And I was like, you know, you know, all those calories we just burned off, we're going to put them right back on with this pitcher of beer, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why doesn't someone make like a lighter or like a more flavorful light beer? And we were just kind of talking about it. And I was like, you know, I think, I think we should short the beer market. <laughs> <So> initially, <laughs> initially we were like, just, just as a joke, like to, you know, really enter a short at any size is, you know, it's pretty gnarly, but we just kind of goof around and talk about those sorts of things. And actually that was like August, 2017. And from mm-hmm. that point, that was like the peak, like, like the beer, a lot of the large players we identified half themselves in the following 18 months, two years, like their stock value. Oh man. Wow. So it would have been a great short, but at the time, my friend, <laughs> been a great short. it would have been a great short, but like my buddy was like, you know, he lived in Japan for 15 years, like, you know, big uh, Caucasian dude, but lived in Japan um, and was like, dude, we should go get some chew high. And I was like, what the hell is like, we had some way back in the day, but it was like, I was like, yeah, what the hell is in that stuff? Anyway, he's like, you know, it's like shochu and sparkling water and like some fruit juice, I think. And I was like, I mean, we should go get some. And, you know, again, this is before hard seltzer, right? So we mm-hmm. go to all the Japanese markets and no one has it. And we're like, what in the hell's going on here? Like in Japan, it's like half of the cold section in like a, a kombini, which would be like a 7-Eleven or a Lawson, they're called. Right. Right. Kombini. Because Sochi was like, is like an everyday drink there. And this is what, yeah. that's part of what it's made out of. Yeah. Yeah. The shochu, just the shochu market is twice the size, or it might be 50% or twice. The, I, I think it's 50 to 60% larger than the sake market in Japan. And yet. Yeah, and in America, no one knows what the hell it is, you know? It's it's funny, but, like, but Chuhai itself, the canned stuff does, like, like, the drinks you had, the ones we sent you, you know, they they do, like, you know, six billion cans a year of that. Like, the wow. size of the global Red Bull market, they sell that in, in like, Japan and um, kind of the Philippines and, but, yeah, it's it's, like, massive and, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been, been to Japan, but I have. We actually went last year for my fortieth, oh right my before everything shut down. And I'm so we did Japan and Spain and I was like, We've gotta be insane for going out of the country twice in Japan one year. Spain? Yeah. <laughs> not not immediately back to back. Well, it was both of our 40th, so we went to Japan for mine and Spain for my husband's. Um, and we were like, we're insane awesome. for doing this in one year. And then the world shut down. And we're like, thank God we did all of that. But, I mean, Japan is just such a magical culture. Um, and, of course, I'm, I always said I was Japanese because I'm, I'm Jewish and I think I'm Japanese, <laughs> you know, in my spirit. That's what my mom used to call me when I was little. But there was there's something just so beautiful about their culture, so simple and elegant and clean. And I really think that that's it comes through in this beverage, in the concept yeah. of the beverage, and then also in your kind of honoring the spirit of the drink and the Japanese culture within it as well. So yeah. can you share a little bit about what your thought process was in bringing this, uh, you know, to the United States and and then the name you buy? What does that all mean? So my mom is actually from Japan um, oh, so okay so I'm half Japanese um, and she's she's from a town in the south called Kagoshima in Kyushu mm-hmm. and so you know when I was kind of like you know when, after that day with my buddy we went looking for stuff and didn't find any I was like man you know 
let me figure out what this is, you know? There's actually one brand that's imported, but it, it, it said like Chuhai USA on it. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yeah, it, 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 it takes Japanese corporations. It, it's kind of hard to market to America. It, it takes a little bit, right? Like that's oh, it's a work totally out, but, divergent. But yeah, marketing. Did, right, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, let me figure this. Okay, I'm like, it's shochu, chuhai. Okay, so chuhai means shochu highball, chuhai. That's mm-hmm. where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so Got I it. look, I you know, I go to Google it, and like one of the first results is like, um, the best shochu comes from Kagoshima, Japan. And I had never seen the town uh, where my mom is from referenced anywhere ever. And hmm. I'm like, holy cow, like, this is some kind of sign. Like, I, I don't really <laughs> get into all those kind of things. But I was just like, this is really weird. Like, there's Too connected to ignore. Yeah. yeah. So I started researching it more and more. And, you know, by the end of 2017, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to do this. But. I'm going to fly to Japan. I, so I couldn't get any here. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, I have some friends in Japan through skating and stuff. And I was like, can you send me a case of, you know, the most popular two highs and stuff? And they're like, okay, yeah. Shipping is like 300 bucks. And I was like, for one case. <laughs> and I'm like, what dude? And I was like, I'm just going to buy a ticket and go there and taste them all. Right. So I go there <laughs> maybe like four or five days I'm there and I'm just drinking all the different two highs. <laughs> mm. I go to Shibuya, which is like a borough of Tokyo. And, you know, I love, I I love going to Japan, right? It's like, um, you know, in any case, I try them all. So I get to my hotel and I like walk out of my door and there's a vending machine right next to my door and it's full of Chuhai, like honor system, you know, like kids could be in there just like loading up but they don't, right? (laughs) So I buy a couple, walk right back into my room, which is like facing the door of the vending machine room. Pour one. I'm like, well, okay, this is either a waste of $1,000 at that point or, you know, whatever. Take a sip and I'm like, oh my God, this is insane, you know? And so so I spend the four or five days just trying all the different ones and I come back and I'm like, I am doing this, right? Like, <laughs> I get off the plane, and my buddy that had lived in Japan, I mean, I turn my phone back on, right? And there's an email from him. Coca-Cola launches first alcoholic beverage in history. Chuhai. <laughs> wow. Oh wow, no. I feel like I need to bet on you. You know exactly what's happening trend-wise between the, the market Man. short and the, uh, the new beverage concept. I, I'd bet on you any day. <laughs> We're going to take a really quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk more about the story because I just love the connection between you and Japan and your mother and this history. There's such a a rich storyline there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. Hi guys, thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Jason Rogers, who is the founder of Yabai, which is a high drink beverage. That is, is it imported from Japan or do you make it here locally? Uh, so we, we import the spirit itself 
right? Like there's some, mm -hmm. even Japanese chuhais that are made with vodka. But I was like, really? yeah, I was like, if we're going to import this, or if, if we're going to do this, if we're going to be the first domestic chuhai, like I want to do this right. And respect mm -hmm. is a big part of Japanese culture. And totally, sort of, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just be a culture vulture and be like, we're, you know, so, you know, that took a year. Just finding a supplier of this specific type of shochu we use took a year. Um, wow. You know, and it, it's this this old man. It's a it's a two hundred year old family owned uh, spot on the Kiso River um, in Nagoya. I probably shouldn't give away too much about. I was <laughs> 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 to find him. You know what I mean? But like, and you know, I flew out there again, and I met with him, and. You know, we bonded over cats. He loves cats. I love cats. And, uh, you know, we made this kind of supply deal. Like, we, we could easily do it in a different way, but this was the right way in my eyes. And so, you know, it took a while to set all this up. And so, and then, you know, we carbonated it and mixed it in uh, wine country. Interesting. Um, and then our supplier closed <laughs> after oh, COVID, uh, our, our hacker, right? Like our manufacturing plant, you know, I was like, oh my God, we sold half of our stock in 30 days, you know? I was like, oh wow. my God, uh, you know, we need to make more. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're closing that down. We're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do now? You know? And then I found, uh, you know, a, a great place uh, up in Washington state that that does one of the major uh sodi pop companies uh packaging up there and so so now we're gonna do it there and you know it's you know there's a can shortage i don't know if you know about that you know there, there, i did yeah we're we're yeah. big fresca fans uh old fresca. school and okay we are i know it's a super random old school soda that my husband is obsessed with I like and when when COVID hit, we couldn't, you couldn't get Fresca anywhere. And we, we did a bunch of research and it was because of the can shortage. It's just crazy. The yeah. ripple effect that COVID has had across so many different industries, especially food well, and beverage. Tariffs, you know, I, I think we're down 40% in production in aluminum cans. So, wow. yeah, we're actually bringing them in from Canada, sending them to wow. Washington State. Uh, we changed our port of entry on our shochu. Like, it's been, it's been crazy, you know. Um, so we might, but I think that that's part of your story too. It's like, you know, an entrepreneur never backs down from a challenge. You always have to figure out a way through, you figure it out and you get it done. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. Right. Right. This is for the other entrepreneurs out there. You gotta, I mean, I think anyone that's seeking out like entrepreneur sort of media, mm -hmm. they have that mindset already. You know what I mean? If it's possible. I would hope so. I come from skateboarding, right? Like we would do five week tours of Europe with six dudes for like 15 K. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, That's like we'll get it. We'll get it done. You know? Oh, you can't film here. We'll come back at night with a gas generator and lights, and we will film here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we'll get it done. So, you know, you just got to have, so you've always kind of had that attitude and energy. It sounds like I, it's just so yeah. interesting that you decided to focus 
on something so culturally significant for you, but that was in an industry that you really didn't have a lot of experience in. So I, I love that you just took that leap. What Has there been any moment along this journey where you were like, this was my Oprah aha moment. This is going to be successful. This is going to work. Um, have you had any really fun moments like that? Um, you know, not really. Just really putting together what it was. I was like, okay, we can do this with no sugar, no carbs, and gluten-free and have it be 99 calories, right? And then that that is what the whole hard seltzer <laughs> game became, right? Mm -hmm. but, um, but I agree with you. I'm not a fan of uh, what's on the market right now. I think I've had a white, and I'm probably totally offending my generation and the generation uh, you know, uh, uh, coming up after us, but I have had a White Claw in my uh, garage fridge for like four months, and I have no desire. I just oh, don't man, think it's... It's just not my jam, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't, but it's really cheap, right? And it's like really yeah. light. And so all the things I was kind of targeting, um, but, you know, I feel like they kind of hoed the road for us because we would have been a totally. Like we'd have been like, what the hell are you doing here? And now it makes more sense. Well, it takes right? a lot of education when you're building out a new entire category. But in this case, the white claws of the world kind of led the path for you. And now you're just kind of like a subcategory within that, uh, you know, hard seltzer ish type market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have some other angles like, um, you know, just, to, just, I, I, I know a lot of people within, you know, skateboarding and surfing and art and music. So I think we'll be able to, to be a good alternative that that doesn't taste weird that's not like a massive corporation um you know and, and there's a lot lot more to you know the japanese alcohol market like they are professional drinkers <laughs> you know not to <laughs> uh, but you know they're pros like they've been doing this they've been doing this since 83 like yeah and and so you go you drink and then you go into the the sweat the sweat areas and you you get it all out of your pores right <laughs> yeah yeah or you go you go do some karaoke you know there you go like there they you were go. preparing for this lockdown for a long time I think you know and that, and that was another <laughs> thing was like uh you know there's there's a concept in Japan called hikikokomori which means mm -hmm. uh which is basically like those shut in dudes that like live with their parents and they're in their mid thirties, you know, nothing against that, but like have, yeah. <laughs> you know, the body pillow of an anime character, right. That's what they're called. Right. Right. And we were kind of saying like, I could see this coming, you know what I mean? In, in 2017, I was like, I, I can see us sort of coming to America as far as like streaming and, uh, Twitch and, you know, these kinds of things, you know, and, and then, you know, what happened, just super acceleration of that trend uh, from COVID, you know. And, and but, so it's been good for you? Has it been helpful in terms of accelerating uh, brand awareness or has it been more challenging? Well, when, after that first 30 days and we sold half of our stuff, I was like, ah. So I have, you know, a small sales team. I was like, guys, no more. Don't open any more stores. Like, <laughs> We're going to run out of stuff. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, because we have to make it in Japan, and then it has to be on a boat for two to three weeks, and then we have to manufacture the drink. And it's just, there's a lot of logistics to it. And so until we do like a true seed round, you know, if you're out there thinking about starting an alcohol brand, like start with half a million it's bucks. At least, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we started well under that, and it, it's, 
it's tough. You know what I mean? It is tough. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think people think about the the whole universe that has to circle the launch of any new brand, but specifically in the, in the alcohol industry, which oh. has so many dollars behind it from a marketing perspective, you know, that people don't think about production and sales and marketing and all of the things that go into really building out a new brand. And that category is a tough one for sure. Yeah. And just the legal and, you know, in some states, you know, they could be a grocery store could be right next to me. And they're like, we want to carry your product. I have to give it to a distributor, you know, like the three tier system. And then mm-hmm. they give it to, to the, get it to them. Yeah. So and every state's like its own country. So it's like, <laughs> ah. so it's, it's kind oh, of, yes, crazy, all the alcohol boards. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not it's nuts, but world, you know what I mean? So we're just kind of, you know, but luckily, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have the internet, right? We didn't have, we couldn't research all these <laughs> things and, you know, look through every legal statute and, you know, it'd be like, you go to the library and like, you, you, no podcast, like, <laughs> not to say kids have it easy at all but you know what i mean like, yeah the it's a different world for there, sure and you can find it you know absolutely i mean hey that's why we launched this podcast we're gonna take another yeah. quick break jason when we come back i want you to share with us what you buy means and what's happening uh in the, what you see for the future of the brand so stay tuned We are thrilled that you've joined us here on the Elevate Your Brand podcast, but did you know we have a ton more useful content on our blog page? Make sure to go to elevatemybrand.com and check out the tips and tricks that we share with you every week on how to elevate your brand via marketing, advertising, branding, messaging, social media, you name it, we've got your back. All right, guys, hanging with Jason Rogers, founder of Yabai, who was taking us through a little bit of the history of the Japanese alcohol uh, markets and then talking about launching this in the U.S. from nothing, which I kind of love, Jason. I love that you didn't have, you know, a ton of experience behind you. You just like jumped in full force. And it sounds like that's kind of how you've always lived your life um, from your pro skateboarding days to now. Um, And thank you for sharing the brand with us. I think it's really just so delicious. Like I said, you had me at... uh, at Yuzu. Oh, where the nine percent comes out. The 9% ooh, yes. So, you know where my, you know how to find me. So, what <laughs> does Yabai actually mean? Uh, I know you guys recently had a little rebrand, uh, and Yabai is yeah. the name. So, tell me about that. You know, we, we saw. You know, we are called Yata, which means like we did it, and so we hmm. did do it. <laughs> but we also, you know, ran into some confusion in the marketplace with a sort of imported Japanese brand. It was like, and they were, they were really cool about it. And, but to fight that war right now would be, you know, a couple hundred racks and we're not doing that. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and then also in Japan, there's some similar brands and stuff. And so we're like, okay, well, what, what can we do here? And Yabai is another word. It's, it's, it's actually much more popular than our first name. Um, and yabai means like, like cute or dangerous, or it's like the word wicked or sick, mm. you know, in English language, like it can mean, you know, the polar opposite thing, you know, Interesting. But, but most younger people treat it as like, that's awesome. Or that dude's crazy. You know what I mean? I um, like that. It kind of has that skater feel to it. Like wicked, yeah. brah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? Are you in the Northeast? No, we're in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, Wicked, right? Like, there's so many 
I mean, it's going from one word that starts with Y that no one under no one knows to another, right? Like, <laughs> um, and ya buy too high, it rhymes, you know. Ooh, and then I like it. We're about to start with, you know, one of the largest Japanese uh, distributors here in the U.S. And so first thing, I ran it by them, and they're like, "Oh my God, I love it! Got like, that's yeah, amazing!" Like. Nice. The the older folks might not like it in the company, but it's edgy and like, you know, we we have sites on, you know, doing it in Japan also. So that's so the name awesome. Works there and yeah, yeah, I love it. And you know, as a marketing person, this is you know the the lifeblood of a brand is is the logo, the name, the color theory, and then of course the brand has to be great also in terms of flavor profiles. So I'd love to shift focus and talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. You've been running this brand now for three years. You've talked about some of your you know, pitfalls along the way. What have been some of the biggest lessons as a new entrepreneur in this space that you can share with our audience? Well, we, we just launched in August. So you know, we started building it in 2017. But Got it. Um, what would be the lessons? You know, I want to say start with more capital, but, you know, how can you really value a company? You know what I mean? Like, and I went to friends and family, you know, like, so I don't want to rake them over the coals, um, you know, but you want to give too much away at the beginning. Um, But it's also a big fail point for a lot of brands is being undercapitalized. So I think that that's absolutely an important uh, note for new entrepreneurs, especially in CPG, is you need to make sure that you are properly capitalized so that you can get to to production, right? I mean, there's yeah. so much that or needs out. Yeah. Be able to not have burn, you know what right. I mean? Or use a co-packer until you get to your own manufacturing facility, right? Like, you don't have to build a restaurant to start a brewery right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and if you did, you know, in early 2020, you are not psyched. You know, so. <laughs> yes. Um, Sadly, my husband's business partner launched a uh, a new brewery, microbrewery in uh, in um, Oregon, and then the whole mm. thing shut down. So yeah, feeling feeling oh, the pain on that God. one because that's what, yeah. that's what uh, Oregon needs more of is microbreweries, right? <laughs> I would just you know my biggest tip and what what has worked for me like throughout you know skateboard companies I've started, skateboard wheel companies I've started. This company, you know, is do what you would want, you know, mm-hmm. close your eyes and imagine what you'd be like, oh, man, that would be awesome. And then make that. That's it. Yeah. Just do that. And then figure it's- out how to execute that without a monthly burn that's insane and um, know there's going to be bumps along the way and just suck it up <laughs> and, you know, be able to separate your downtime right like i say that but like you know i i you know i can't sleep at night either but work on that <laughs> right? like, um and you'll be all right like and if your premise is wrong right fail fail quick is that <laughs> i think that's a great lesson too look failure yeah. is a part of the of the success process and anyone who says that they have been successful and never failed is full of shit so yeah, i totally absolutely. think that failure is is a valuable lesson and one that we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast because I think too often we see the end game, right? We see the successes of brands, successes of entrepreneurs, and they don't often share 
the challenges and pitfalls along the way. So I think especially for an, a new entrepreneur and our audience, which is a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, you've got to share mm-hmm. that side of it and make sure that they understand that, you know, it's not always going to be roses and that's okay too. It's about the lessons and how quickly you can pick yourself back up from those failures. Yeah. And be original, man. Do some original. Yeah. Be another, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sometimes you could just do the exact same thing at a lower price, right? Like, and that's your that's your hustle, you know. Something just tells me, Jason. Although I just I've just met you, that you are you are all the all things original. I think I get that vibe from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nuts, but you know, what are you gonna do? You have no, to be no a little nuts, nuts to in the big launch a new brand, too, right? right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, sick. so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Can I curse? No. <laughs> Absolutely. You can say whatever the fuck you want on this podcast. Ah, sweet. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, I get in a lot of trouble about hating on beer, you know, it's another podcast and I'm like hating on beer and it's like, look, you know, no one wants the carbs, bro. You know, you're gonna, yeah. you're living your life through Instagram, you know, and you're single and on Bumble and you're drinking like pastry stouts. <laughs> probably not a good idea man you know so I, I don't know what that has to do with anything but you know well I think it's part of the foundation of why you built the brand right you you came up with the concept like you said you closed your eyes and you thought what would be cool and different and interesting and something that nobody's really done before and and like yeah I was dev. born yeah, yeah, I like a exactly. good dev. you know what I mean it's like it was a process right it was like Oh, let me try uh, Prosecco. Ooh, ooh, this is good. Why don't more people drink Prosecco? And then Prosecco starts exploding, right? And I'm like, God, right. it still tastes like wine, though. You know? And, <laughs> you know, this there were still, like, club cocktails. You remember those things? Like, in the in the grocery store cold box. And I'm like, who is buying this blue martini 8-ounce thing? It's, like, 500 calories. I'm like, what the hell garbage. is this? Garbage. Yeah. Well, I love um, the concept you've come up with. Uh, at the end of every show, we like to shift and focus a little bit on the personal side. So I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions um, to get to know you a little bit better. So with that in mind, what is the one thing you could not live without during COVID? Oh, boy. Can I say weed? <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want. We like, do a lot of work in Canada, amount, so all good. <laughs> I, I'm Asian, so the tiniest amount will knock me out. So that's my way of getting to sleep. I don't know if that's really COVID-related. Um, Drink of choice I mean, other than you buy. Oh, geez. What would it be? I think those high noons aren't bad. Mm, okay. Um, right. And some of the, like, the matcha tea, sparkling matcha teas I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some um, interesting ones on the market right now. And then yeah, final, good old-fashioned. Good old fashioned. I like it. I'm a martini girl myself, or just straight up tequila rocks, lime, I'm good. Um, hey. Yes, I'm, I like to party. Uh, last <laughs> question is, uh, what is We're your learning a lot about you I on know. this one. <laughs> well, you and I are definitely going to go have drinks and hang out at some point after this when this is all back to normal, right? For sure. For sure. Uh, last quick fire question. What is your favorite word and why? And this could be something that is really meaningful historically to you or something that just pops in your brain right now. And no holds barred. Um, progress. And why? Um, because if we do not progress as a society, as a company, uh, 
we're fucking doomed. <laughs> Fair you enough. Know? So, yeah, I'm very, very much into sort of collective, progressive things. So that's sort Love of the it. overall goal of what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah, it comes through for sure. Uh, and so as we wrap up, if you could just share with people how to get in touch with you, how to buy the product, how to follow you on the socials, all that would be a great wrap up for the cult today. Uh, at Drink Ya Bye, Y-A-B-A-I on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you, you, you know, you message it, you're going to be talking to me depending on how, lo- how, how long ago this, this was made. And when you you're listening all the hats, to it, right? you mean, yeah, I'll be sweeping the floor. I'll text you back. You know, I got you. I love it, Jason. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Really fun. And thanks for tuning in team. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next. <laughs>